Hello and welcome back to episode three of Talking Nears. I'm Andrew Vascatellis. I'm Brendan O'Gara. And I'm Andrew Abel. Of course, we're here joined by head coach Dave Smith. Coach, you're coming off your 200th career win on, in the Freakout Saturday night. Uh, just first want to say congratulations on that achievement. Yeah, thank you. It, uh, you know, we, we tried to keep it a little bit quiet. Um, it was a little humorous that the only person that knew, and I found out later that Perry Laskris, our Sports Info guy, knew, but <laughs> the only person that knew was uh, the Vermont coach. And him, <laughs> and I, wow. him and I talked at center ice, and we've been friends for for a long time. But, uh, you know, it just it, milestones like that remind you of how many people it takes just to just to get it done, whether it be assistant coaches, sports info guys, podcast guys. It takes yeah. it takes a lot of effort, and it, it's it's nice. But uh, there's a lot of other people to yeah. share that with. Absolutely. So you know, we go, going along with that. We just wanted to talk a little bit about your career, um, especially as a coach. You know that that's obviously a pretty big milestone for you, as you were saying. So you started as an assistant coach with the Miami Redhawks, like pretty much right after you retired as a player, I believe in 1998. And um, so I, we, we were just curious, like how was that transition from playing to coaching? And um, you know, you're probably like kind of wanting to get back on the ice when you first started coaching. So how was that transition and how did that feel? Well, I'll tell you an interesting story um, in, in a little bit, but I had, I had tried to um, just get ready to be a coach um, when I was at college and before we started recording, we were just talking about college. So when I was at school, I was a sports junkie at Ohio State, followed all sports and, mm -hmm. and I didn't know that I wanted to get into coaching as much as I just wanted to stay around sports and be involved and engaged and active. So yeah. um, I went on and I played pro. While I was playing pro, I net was networking with um, people in the coaching business. So uh, my last year was in San Antonio. Um, that season ended, I think, in April, something like that. And I went to the coaches' convention and gave out resumes and had a contract to go back and play. Um, in the IHL, which is long gone since you guys have mm -hmm. been around, but um, and uh, didn't didn't get any job offers, didn't get anything. But at that time in late September, I was prepared. Maybe early September, earlier late September, I was prepared to go back and play in Fort Wayne. Um, and I got a call from Miami of Ohio. Their coach um, Bob Motzko was the assistant, who's now the head coach at Minnesota. Um, University of Minnesota coached the U.S. World Junior Team. He left Miami to go to Minnesota as an assistant coach. So at that time, a lot of current assistants didn't want to leave their program. So um, my wife and I, and at that time we had two young, young kids, one just newborn, decided to go to Oxford, Ohio and, and dig in. Um, a lot of differences. I mean, the biggest difference is you're working all day. Um, yeah. As a player, it's about physical preparation and physical excellence. And as a coach, um, you know, we're, we're planning and preparing everything. And, you know, we joke that uh, as a player, you get the rock star parking at Walmart. You go there <laughs> at 1 o'clock in the afternoon after practice and lunch and spend time with the guys, and you've got all day to, to rest and prepare. It's a lot of fun, a lot of fun as a professional hockey, professional athlete, really. But um, you mentioned about you know, the willingness to play. I actually went back and played a pro game near the end of that first season. So mm -hmm. in April 99, 
Um, Greg Ireland, the then coach of the Dayton Bombers in the East Coast Hockey League, called and he was like, Dave, we, we need players. I'm like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm retired. I'm, I, I'm, I'm retired. I'm not doing it. So he called back and we had some company coming from my hometown. And uh, the coach called back and he's like, Dave, we really need players. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I can't do it. I'm not playing. And my wife was like, you should do it. And so I hung up again. <laughs> and uh, so my wife and buddies are giving me a hard time. And he called back a third time. And um, he said, hey, wh wh how much money do you want? <laughs> like, we need a player. What, what's it going to take to get you here? So while he was on the phone, I said to my wife, he's like, how much money do we want? And she said, we need a washer and dryer. <laughs> so I played a professional <laughs> hockey game for a washer and a dryer. That's awesome. April 1999. And that story uh, seems to resurface every now and again. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I didn't play as much as I wanted. I wasn't as good as I once thought I was. Um, but it was a pretty uh, memorable experience. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. I've heard of similar things happening. I'm from Reading, Pennsylvania. Same thing with like the Reading Royals. Mm -hmm. Local guys coming back every now and then. It's a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so getting into your head coaching career. So you start that around uh, 2005, and you spent 12 seasons with Canisius. Uh, and, of course, you're on your third season here at RPI. Uh, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned just about the game of hockey, maybe that you didn't realize before as a player, but now as a, as a head coach? Well, it, it never ends. Um, the learning never ends. When, if you think you've got it figured out, you're in trouble yep. um, because the game is changing very quickly. And oftentimes the players, they see things that we as coaches don't see. So um, that would be tied into the, the biggest life lessons are you know, there's no one single way. Um, the culture and the chemistry, we have ideas, the players create it. Yep. It's our job is to um, cultivate those ideas, create create the environment for those seeds to grow. And mm -hmm. um, if you don't have willing participants, it's very, very difficult. But, um, you know, what we went through at Canisius was they had never had success before. It was very challenging to get them as a group, as a, as a program there to get their mindset of what they were capable of. And we were able to do that through a lot of hard work. Yeah. A lot of, lot of, lot of people, John Maddox retiring there after 39 years as the associate AD and guys like that, Bill Maher, the AD, Scott Mosier, who's here with us now. And mm -hmm. just, you got to dig in and work. And, um, we were able to, to get it going there and, um, haven't stopped learning here, but, uh, now we've been through it before. Um, the experiences at Canisius sure. help with the transition here. For sure. <coughs> yeah, and like, what were what were some of your kind of favorite moments or most most rewarding moments of being a coach here or at Canisius or Just anywhere? At, you know, overall, in general. Um, well, with the 200 wins, I mean, there's a lot of former players are are just texting, and my response to them is, I'm I'm just glad that our journeys came together. Like. Like not every guy loves Dave Smith, but <laughs> the ones that do make you feel really good, um, and that that's very rewarding. The the best yearly satisfaction is when you see these guys come in as freshmen, and you guys are now on the in the twilight of your college careers, right? You yeah. three guys are, <laughs> and you see you, yourself come in as a freshman, and I get to see we push, we pull, we prod, and to see them leave as mature young men, and then to see them be contributing members of society with a degree in their pocket, playing pro hockey, doing whatever. That's the most rewarding piece about 
being a head coach and coaching. Going along with that question, what has been some of the most you know rewarding things for you as far as in terms of here and the things that have changed at RPI over the past three years or so while you've been here? Um, that's a good question. I, I think, quite honestly, this past weekend was so positive. Mm-hmm. There was a buzz there before the game. We played so well on Friday to win the freak out. Um, the seniors have invested everything they have to to win the Mayor's Cup, to win um, the freak out, to just feel great about the program. Um, but if if I had to give one thing, it's I believe the trust that we've built up around campus now, the relationships yeah. with whether it be advancement, um, you know, even the catering people, the housing people, the admissions people, um, the rink people. Uh, it just takes a while. You get a new coach and they don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to change everything, change the people? Uh, but the trust, I think, that we've built up, and now it really feels like the community of RPI um, is is 100% behind what we're doing. Um, they realize there's no, that at least this one, this guy, Dave Smith, isn't a magic <laughs> magic formula, not a magic pill. We're just going to dig in and work. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, sure. now it really feels like the band. We talked to guys in the band. I sat in a train to, Tron- or to New York City with a guy whose son is in the band, and um, he's like, hey, he loved when he, you came and talked to the band. So it really is starting to feel more like a community built on trust here. Yeah. yeah. I know from like a student perspective, us here, we've definitely felt that. Uh, even things like the ride over to the Mayor's Cup, we're all in the shuttle. Yeah. Uh, you can feel a, a bit, bit of a pretty big buzz coming over, and everybody was so ready for, for the Big Red Freakout. Everybody knew we had, we had a real good shot to win. Um, you guys end up delivering, so – yeah it was definitely definitely huge for us yeah yeah and there's some weird things like there's there's the groups behind that that chant funny things right and, <laughs> and you just you wonder but pretty knowledgeable group that know what's going on so that's that's uh-huh. what creates the buzz yeah <laughs> uh so getting into to friday night so you guys get uh one of the biggest wins uh of the year uh you end up going and winning seven one three of those goals coming in a in a minute and 30 second span uh, what were some of the the best things you saw from the team on Friday? Well, our our puck possession and offensive moving was was exceptional. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we their goalie I thought played well and didn't have a chance on a number of the goals. Um, just finding the open guy. It started. Burgess gets the game winner. It's the second goal. It's the first goal of the second period, and it's a it's a long pass cross ice to a tough angle, and yeah. he doesn't rip it, but he hits it, yep. and he hits it in a in an aggressive manner towards the net, and it, it, the goalie didn't even see it. Mm-hmm. So on that play, Rory Herman rolls up. You got Tour Linden doing his job. You got both defensemen spaced out appropriately, and Todd Burgess ready to pull the trigger. And goals like that, uh, we practice those things. We work on them, and you could go months without getting one like that. We ended up with four of them that night. Yeah. And uh, it, it was it was refreshing, rewarding, and and you just wish you could bottle some of those and. And, or patent them at least and, and yeah. keep them all to yourself. But I thought our offensive movement and our puck possession was exceptional. Yeah, And it was also great to see. It seemed like all four lines were really rolling, and you had seven unique goal scorers. That was definitely pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's critical, and, um, you know, that's what great teams do. It's really hard to score every night, an individual to score every yeah. night. So if, if line one and two can be Friday night and three and four Saturday night, we'll, we'll take that. But uh, – it was nice to see a lot of different guys score. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's, it's not like Dartmouth is kind of in that. In, it's not like they're the bottom ten in the, in the country. They're they're top. They're top. Or they were at least were top twenty a, a week or two ago. Like, does that you just think? You, I guess you can really feel like you're 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 in the mix now. And I probably you probably felt that in this in this twenty twenty in general. But yeah, you guys have the talent to Dart. Dartmouth's real good. And and the difference between if you just came to the two games this weekend and didn't know anything about college hockey. You would probably say that Vermont was also really good. We watch right. video. Vermont's good. Mm-hmm. Vermont, coming into the weekend, six of their seven losses, six of their seven recent games were either overtime or in the last three minutes of the game. And uh, I thought they played really well. Um, it's such a fine line. I, I feel like we're we're in the mix. I also feel like we could lose every night still. That's just <laughs> the, the, the coach in me saying, man, we've got to prepare. We've got to, we've got to be ready. Because any team can beat anybody in college hockey. Hmm. Yeah. So Saturday night, or sorry, Friday night. Um, obviously, like it was a game where everything really seemed to go right for you guys. But one of the most obvious things to me was how you guys came out pretty physical with a few big hits, especially in the first period. A couple from Polino and a couple from another, a uh, couple other guys. So was uh, the physicality like something that you guys stressed going into this game? We stress it every game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes the physicality looks different. You know, uh, if I use a basketball analogy, it's, you know, playing on the defensive side. And sometimes the guy's just not physically ready uh, to accept a hit. Like Patty had two really good hits, but yep. in both cases he's on the defensive side and he, he gets there quick and the guy's not ready. So that's a good indication that, <coughs> excuse me, that uh, we are – closing very quickly we're on the defensive side on the right side of the puck and we're ready to to engage yeah and do you do you in a game like that with the margin so wide do you relax at all or is it just go the entire time i don't relax at all (laughs) um i think you guys sometimes are near the bench but (laughs) at that point you know you just as the the players are a little more relaxed than you would Mm -hmm. like but um you, you want to enjoy those moments as well. But, you know, my language is about finishing the shift, finishing the moment, finishing the game. Yep. Um, and they take a lot of pride in, in the statistics. And, you know, to only give up one goal against a good Dartmouth team is, is something to take pride in. And uh, um, I think the guys did that much better than we did at Brown when we give up that shutout with uh, 12 seconds left. Yep, yep. Yeah, and, and in that game, you had the, the Tour Linden line. You mentioned we're, we're getting a lot of the shifts against their top line with O'Connor and, and Foreman. Is that something in those, in, in I guess, all your games? You, do you go in and you, do you really prepare those matchups? And you're, you're always, are you always kind of seeing who you want against their lines? And you, you do a little bit. So we're not a heavy matchup team. Um, some teams are. Yale came in. When we went into Yale, they were a heavy matchup team. Um, and in, in that night, we go in with a few different game plans in our pocket, but, uh, you know, when we can use a few different lines to match up, you know, we've got left-handed centerman, right-handed centerman, a, a quicker guy, a bigger guy, just different looks that we may want to play against them. Um, and then we look and see who's playing well for us. And right from the start, Tour Linden's line with Tour Ash, uh, or sorry, Tour um, Burgess and uh, Morello, I thought they were skating. First shift, Morello blew the doors off one of their guys and got a first touch on a puck. And, um, you know, and then Tour Linda was really skating, making plays. And Burgess has had a really wonderful 
stretch of games since he came back from injury, and even since Christmas, hardest working been he's been um, in in my time here. So we just we stuck with that matchup. We wrote it, and th- statistically, those guys dominated. They were seventy percent Corsi, which against the, one of the top lines in the league. Yeah, and I guess also kind of part of that was you mentioned Babichuk and Riley are were kind of part of that kind of core that went against the t- their top line. And Babichuk ended up with a plus five on Friday night. You know, sometimes you plus minus doesn't really matter, but it seemed like his stuck out stuck out quite a bit. Um, and now he's tied for fifth on the team in points, three goals and nine assists. And it seems like he's really developing into that kind of good puck puck moving defenseman who makes it makes a, an impact at even strength. And on the and on the power play, is that what, what are your what are your thoughts on well, on his he's game? yeah, he's an elite player. Um, he's a special talent. He can see the ice. He's got a terrific stick. Um, I think since uh, Christmas when we switched Shelberg and Babichuk to go with um, Ferner and and Riley, I think uh, everybody has been in a real good groove. But Babichuk. Um, Riley, that combination, they were also out against their top line, and uh, I thought they were dominant. I mean, Will is such a physical presence, and Corey is uh, really a high IQ um, player that can play with anybody, but those guys are flourishing together. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the game, <coughs> you know, it's, it's coming, you know, 6-1, 7-1 um, in the third period. Things definitely seem to be getting a little bit chippy with, Dartmouth um what do you what do you tell your guys you know I saw you guys um having a pretty intense conversation towards the end of the third um on the bench so what what do you tell them as the opposing teams getting you know a little <coughs> more, more frustrated um and physical towards towards the end of the game just keep your head just ask them like just stay under control don't let don't let Dartmouth uh get us off our game and um, I apologize for my cough. <laughs> yeah, it's, <fine. coughs> it's going around. Now I've got it too. It will be going more now, but <laughs> coughing with you guys. Uh, really, just keep your head, play between the whistles, and um, our guys have been very disciplined all year um, on, on doing that. And I didn't think we got outside the lines at all. Yeah. Uh, then I know we're, we're running a bit low on time, but I definitely want to get into the freak out a bit. Uh, so, of course, you had almost a uh, big crowd of about 4,000 people coming to the game. Uh, there's a ton of alumni coming back. What's it like playing in front of them? And was there a chance at all for some of the guys to meet some of those alumni? So what we do <coughs> is um, the alum come back either Friday night or Saturday morning. They come in and they spend an hour with the guys on Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, we get an update from me to them about their program, the alumni. And, uh, and then they spend about half hour to, to an hour just talking with the guys. And uh, really just sharing their experiences, their passion, um, their uh, love for RPI mm-hmm. and their experiences. And uh, it's terrific for our guys. Yeah. It's terrific. Uh, I mean, the 95 team was here that won the ECAC championship. You had mm-hmm. the captain of the 85 team. Um, and I think that's a super healthy pressure. Yeah. It's a super healthy pressure to uh, follow in their footsteps. and. Um, they were uh, really, the alumni had a terrific time. It was really, I think it was another corner turned as a program alumni relations with the hockey guys. I thought it was really beneficial for everybody. Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So going going into the game a little bit, it seemed like UVM was pretty physical as well. Um, there was, I believe, a total of 14 minor 
penalties throughout the game. So with all that many penalties, do you feel like it kind of got in the way of the flow of the game at all? Like, can you speak to how that impacted the game? You know, our team doesn't take a lot of penalties. We don't play in a lot of penalty games. So it did affect the flow because it was, um, you know, you generally expect them to be even. So when we were up yeah. on the power play in the second, you knew those were, were going to come back or you felt they might come back in the third. The uh, I thought, I mean, Vermont was playing like a, a desperate wounded team. Yeah. They wanted uh, that win bad and they, they got frustrated and, we retaliated, so we got we got frustrated as well. And you know, the referees are taught to uh, let the game personality dictate what they call. And I thought they did a really good job. I thought um, you know it was getting chippy after the whistle. All of a sudden, they called two penalties, and then they called it. Then the sticks were getting going, so they now they call the other penalties. Um, right. It's just unfortunate that we didn't have the uh, the penalty situation under control as we got down the stretch it just it, it you know three penalties in the last you know nine minutes is too much yeah. um, but we were able to kill it off yeah so I mean you know you you were able to kill off all I believe five of their power plays um, you guys are now eighth in the country for successful penalty killing percentage how important has that been basically throughout the entire season for you guys your penalty kill well you know, you want your power play and your penalty kill to be, you know, 105%. Mm -hmm. You add up your penalty kill plus your power play, and then you've got a great team. Um, our power play has been so disappointing in league. It's been pretty good out of league, so we're 15% mm. yeah. overall. And what are we, 88%? Um, yeah, just... 88% <coughs> overall on the penalty kill, or 85, right. something yep. like that. Yep. So when you yeah, add up yeah. 85 and 15, right... We're not at 105. So the penalty kill has been getting us through games, mm -hmm. and it's been allowing us to stay close and not lose the special teams game because at minimum it's 0-0 on a lot of nights. So you look at the games we lost, like Yale, we lose 4-1. We gave up two power play goals. Yeah, And uh, same when we were in their building. We gave up two power play goals to Yale um, in their building. So it's hard when you give up one. It's really hard when you give up two. And when you give up none, you have a good chance. So – Penalty kill has been critical to any success we've had this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially in that last game, the five penalty kills, that, that even just got the crowd going in general. I know even after, after uh, I think, one of the penalty kills in the third, people even started Dave Smith. Chant. I don't know if you heard <laughs> that I, at all. I, I didn't, but my wife heard it. <laughs> and, uh, they should chant Scott Mosier. Scott Mosier yeah. runs yeah. the penalty yeah. kill. Yeah. We have a pretty good team of coaches. So but somebody said that in the crowd, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's what I mean. Like, it's funny to hear some of those things. I, I occasionally hear stuff, and um, I think on that night, Coach Mosier did say, did you hear them chanting Dave? Dave, Dave? <laughs> and I said, I heard something that sounded like it, but I thought, no way are they chanting that. But um, those, are, those are fun memories. Yeah. My, my wife gets a kick out of it. My kids think it's, thinks it's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but that's okay. She's at a different school, and they, they don't do that, so that's good. That's great. We'll, we'll get Scott going going next game, next home series. Give some love to Scott. For sure. Yeah. Um, and Chuck, too. We can't forget And Chuck. And yeah. Chuck. Yeah. The assistant coach is doing a great job. <laughs> they do a great job. Um, so I think that, that wraps up this segment talking about the past weekend. So we'll uh, be bringing in Todd Burgess next. So thanks again, and congrats on the 200 win again, Coach. Thank you.
Now we're bringing in senior forward Todd Burgess. Uh, you're coming off a great weekend sweep. You got a goal and an assist, uh, including the game-winning goal against Dartmouth. How you been? Good. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah. Had uh, saw a couple of the guys on it, and um, so happy to be the third third guest. And um, this weekend was a lot of fun. Um, big red freakouts. One of our uh, most special nights, and uh, it's good to get the alumni in town. And uh, we got a lot of family coming into town as well. So. Um, it was uh, extra special to get a sweep this weekend. Yeah, for sure. Let me, let me just say quick, talking to a couple guys on the team, they said you got to bring in Burgess. That's what they said. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> big pressure on All right. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, how, how is it – you spoke on it a little bit, but how has it felt as a senior, like finally getting these wins in the special games and, you know, how you guys can carry that forward for the rest of the season? Uh, it's been great. Um, with Dave coming in, we've kind of had a – a big change with uh, new coaches and stuff and the past couple years have not really gone the way we've we've wanted to go so it's it's good to see that uh we're progressing each year and yeah. um and that's been huge with us being 500 now that's uh and in our last eight games i think we're uh or last 10 games i, th I think six two and and one or something but yeah uh, exactly whatever it is i think uh winning big games and stuff like we did this weekend is uh really important down the stretch here You've been with the team since 2016. Uh, what's it like seeing the team change and improve over the last couple of years, and how do you feel uh, about the coming seasons for RPI? Uh, it's been great. Um, I, uh, I had to redshirt my freshman year. I had double knee surgery, so I was mm -hmm. able to uh, kind of see and, and watch from the stands and see uh, kind of what we needed to work on and, and progress. And, and I think just, just from, from my freshman year to now, it's been just an absolute – change in every aspect I think um just just get I think we struggled a little bit uh, early on in the year but I think um progression has been great throughout the season yeah for sure um so quick going back to your beginnings back in you come out of uh Phoenix Arizona which isn't actually a big uh hockey hotbed yeah. uh <laughs> how'd you how'd you get into hockey down there yeah it's, I mean it's it's uh it's getting bigger each year but yeah uh, yeah my dad's actually from Hamilton, uh, same town uh, as yep. Colgate. Um, yep. Okay. So, so he grew up uh, playing his whole life in New York, and um, he moved out to to be a policeman and uh, for Phoenix PD, and um, kind of got me into it. Um, my brother didn't really follow the same path, just because mm -hmm. it's not big, like you said, in Arizona. But um, he he's definitely the number one reason why I got into hockey. Yeah. Were you a Coyotes fan at all growing up? Yeah. I mean. They're starting to pick it up this year, and yeah, uh, definitely. So, so it's been huge for Arizona, and um, yeah, it's great. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so after that, you kind of change it up again big time. You end up in Alaska yeah. uh, playing for the Fairbanks Ice Dogs in the NAHL. A uh, couple other previous RPI players coming from there as well. What was it like living in Alaska? Did you have a uh, billet family there? How was it? Yeah, I mean, it was great. It was a, a real big culture shock. From, from, uh, <laughs> I, bet, I bet. One extreme to the other weather-wise, but um, no, it was great. I had uh, I lived on the Army base and had a great family, a billet family, first two years. And um, my best friend from back home actually uh, joined the team my second year, so we got to play the last two years of juniors together, which was real special. And um, like you said, uh, Victor and Victor Lilligren and uh, uh, Orval joined the yep. team as yep. well. So it was good to have um, – know know some guys coming into college yeah for sure yeah so in that in that 2015-16 season um you have yourself a bit of a season 
end up getting 95 points in 60 games, win MVP, and you end up got you guys end up lifting the cup at the end of the season. How was how was that how was that season like? That was great. It was just uh, one of those seasons where everything was going right for us, and um, I think we just gelled and bonded as a team. And I think that was the biggest thing for us. We were just happy to be with each other, um, whether we were on the ice or off the ice. And I think that uh, was a big aspect of things. So coming out of that season, <clears throat> you end up getting picked, uh, you know, fourth in the NHL draft uh, by the Senators. How how did that feel? And did you know that you're going to be drafted? Um, I knew I knew uh, it was a possibility going into it, but uh, I think it was just special being able to talk to teams uh, towards the end of the year and just kind of be kind of go through that entire process. It was uh, obviously something I've never been through, and it was something um, it was real cool to go with it through, like with my family, for them to go through that process as well. So um, being able to watch the draft and we kind of had a little draft party and yeah. had everybody there, the f my family and friends and stuff. So that was the the best part of things is. is uh, doing it with them yeah cool so coming coming back to, to this season you guys are heading out to michigan kalamazoo this weekend to play uh western western michigan are you guys how are you guys feeling about that trip are you excited for the, the the long distance trip this year yeah we don't get uh uh much plane flights uh or plane trips um so that'll be that'll be exciting and they're a good team this year and um we've got a lot of family going coming up there too as well so um i think we're all excited yeah, so I was going to ask, is it big just beyond the game of hockey? You'd, you'd, is it a bonding trip also, traveling somewhere with the team? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, we got to be at the rink at 3.30 on uh, Yeah, yeah. I assume so it's a lot of work, too. But <laughs> yeah. I think everybody will be on the same page, and, um, yeah, it'll be a long travel day, but it'll be fun. Yeah, will you have any time to do any sightseeing over there or get to know I'm the area? I'm not sure. We haven't, really <laughs> we haven't really talked much about that. We're just trying to get through the uh, early morning travel day on Thursday. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh. So going along with that, you've had four years of traveling, uh, both around the ECAC and just around the U.S. in general with RPI. Uh, do you have any favorite trips or favorite teams to play against? I think uh, the Ireland trip that we had was definitely my favorite. Yeah. I think I've never I've never been overseas, and um, my family was also able to uh, um, go with me there, and um, it was great just to experience that and and spend times with the guys as well there. For sure. For were sure. there were there 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 are a lot of ho hockey fans up there, and was it Belfast? Yeah, I mean we got a, we got a decent crowd. There's a lot of we went and visited a lot of schools and stuff. Um, each each team, so we had a lot of the younger kids come to the games that kind of filled out and made most of the noise during the game. But mm. uh, it was mm -hmm. good. Who'd you guys play up there? Uh, we played Maine and Clarkson. Okay. Um, the two games didn't go the way we wanted <laughs> it to, obviously, but it was uh, yeah. just the entire trip was. Uh, was real special. Yeah. yeah, and just out of curiosity, does that count as an in league game like against Clarkson? No. 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 Okay. It's just like the like the mayor's cup. It's okay. Like out of nice conference game. Um, I guess this is a question we asked Owen last week. You got any any favorite barn aside from the, the Houston Fieldhouse, obviously, uh around the country that you liked playing in? Yeah, um well I bet Savory had the same answer. I don't know what it was, but Cornell's always fun to go to. Yeah. They've got mm -hmm. such a great atmosphere there. And um, I also love going to play in uh, Colgate because mm. of so much family members. There. Yeah, yeah. Like ev sure. everyone from my dad's side of the family still lives there. It's a real small town, so not many people get out of that town. But uh, not many of them had seen me play hockey before, so it's it's real cool for them yeah. to, to be there. Yeah, and now, now, that, now that both of you guys have said, obviously Cornell is really big for you. Um, now both of you guys have said, uh, Cornell, us three are going to this game. Yeah. We're really excited for it. 
so hopefully we can provide a little push for you maybe. Um, yeah. Cornell hasn't been bad, you guys, in the past few years. Yeah, we, we played them well the last yeah. two years at their yeah. place, so hopefully we can we can do it senior year, senior year as well. Yeah. Um, is that it? anything else, guys? I think that's it for us. Uh, definitely having a great season here at RPI. Uh, we thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, Todd. thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Good luck this fun. weekend. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to Todd Burgess for joining us there. Um, so now looking ahead uh, this weekend, the team's going to be tra traveling to Kalamazoo, Michigan for two games against Western, uh, Western Michigan. So the last year you guys traveled to Notre Dame, year before that uh, to Ohio, what went into the decision to pick Western Michigan this year? Um, also, my first year here, we went to Ireland, which, oh, uh, okay. as I yeah, listened yeah, to you yeah, say, yeah. Kalamazoo, I was wondering if there's a little Irish in there. <laughs> um, the uh, so Western Michigan came about. We've we've had some real challenges just getting the schedule as balanced as possible in terms of home and away games, and uh, it was getting really late. So um, Dave Shyak, who's their associate coach, um, and I have been friends for a long time, and they were looking for a game on that weekend. That weekend fit for us. Um, we're actually not. Uh, they're not coming back here. Um, which Notre Dame had come back here, Ohio State, I think, had come here previously. Um, so this is just a trip for us to Western Michigan. There's a little bit of a risk involved because of the time of the year. You know, it's four weeks away from the end of the season. Um, it's it's going into a real tough building against a real tough team. Um, but I really felt that if, if our team was really struggling, this was a weekend that maybe could um, help us uh, in, down the stretch of league play. If our team was doing really well, it might be able to put a little cherry on top of a season. And if we were just in the middle, it's going to be a, a great experience in a great building. So I said, Let, let's do it. Let's get there. And um, I played in that building. It's a it's a really fun building to play in great fans. And um, I think it'll be a good trip for our guys. We were, we were actually just talking about that with Todd for a little bit. But uh, to you, is it important to you beyond just hockey? And do you kind of get a – special bonding experience with the guys and the other coaches as, w as well while you're over there? Um, you know, I, I don't know that the players look at it as a special bonding experience with the coach. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you right. know, I think they look at it as time with their buddies, with the boys. Yeah. Uh, for us, and I know for them too, because I, I think there is a real enjoyment of each other's company, but it is still different. Right. It, it's we're not their parents, um, but it's a little bit like hanging out with your parents. Right. Yeah. You, you like them, you <laughs> like spending time with them, but you don't want to spend every minute with them. Mm -hmm. So for us, it really gives us an opportunity, whether it be, you know, you, you might sit beside them on the plane. You might get stuck beside them, you know, in line at, at the restaurant in the, hotel, in the airport. Um, just spending the time together, you engage in conversations that we maybe normally wouldn't have. It's not at the rink. It's not on our campus. And um, it, it's, I guess, the coach-player bonding that you're referring to. That's <laughs> what that is. But yeah. I don't know that we're, uh, you know, swapping deep deep stories uh, <laughs> on the plane. But Makes um, sense. it is great to spend time with them. And I really like our guys. Our guys are fun, fun guys. Now, going along with that, do you got the schedule packed with hockey? Or do they got a little bit of time to maybe – 
look around the area a bit? No, there's not much to look around in Kalamazoo. <laughs> uh, um, I think the uh, Up John's factory isn't even there anymore, which is might be pharmaceuticals. Mm-hmm. The um, you know we're it, this is a business trip for us, yep, and that's yep. what we consider it. But you know the fun that we have uh, is around all of those things. So we, um, you know, we we fly there. We leave here very very early. Um, we we get there. We we everything revolves around eating and hockey. Yep. So we get there, we eat, we go practice, we go to the hotel, we have a pre-scout, we sleep. We get up, we go to the rink, <laughs> we come back, we watch a little video, we have a little rest, and we go to the game. And yep. We repeat that process, and then on this trip, we actually stay Saturday night, and then we'll fly out, uh, we got to go to get our gear and come back. So there's not uh, a lot of special things. We do go out to eat at one restaurant. That's about the, the craziest thing <laughs> that happens on it. Yeah, so West, Western Michigan is also ranked kind of in the top 20 in the nation. They play in probably one of the, the better conferences in college hockey. Is it, is it any different playing those kind of Western teams? Is there a, is there a different style in the like Minnesota teams versus um, out east? I don't know if it's by conference, but Western is a heavy team. They're, they're hard on the puck. They're, they're very physical and – um, play a play a heavy game. So, in reference to you know the LA Kings a few years ago, people referred to them winning the Stanley Cup as a heavy team. That's what Western Michigan is all about. As opposed to when you play a Harvard, they're a high skilled team. Clarkson's heavier than Harvard. Harvard's more skilled. So every team takes on their own identity. Um, this year we only play one team from that league, and we do know that uh, they're a heavy team. And then I know just drawing on our experience, so Brendan and I are big Flyers fans, so we follow a few of their prospects. Uh, we know Wade Allison and Ronnie Attar just from uh, draft and dev camps for the Flyers. Uh, Andrew Vasquez is a big Sabres fan, knows uh, Matias Samuelson. Uh, McGing is also a very good player. He's a draft pick for the Blues. Uh, are they some of the standout players for Western, Western Michigan? Yeah, they are. I mean, they get your attention because they have the logo beside no. their name. Um and then you get to look at stats and you just see. But, uh, you know, Allison up front is arguably their best player. So you've got to know who, where he is in the power play. He plays the middle of their power play. Um, but they, they've got a lot of good players, and the logo isn't going to beat us. It's the players. So yep. we're, mm-hmm. more, we're more interested in that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, we're, we're definitely looking forward. You know, fortunately, we can't make it out to this one. We've made it to <laughs> pretty much every other away game this whole season. This little, is a little far for us. For a, 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 a request for that major corporate sponsor to. Oh, I know. I know. Talking Nears and maybe let us <laughs> let you guys use their plane to. Yeah, fly right. In Kalamazoo. Oh, Brendan's. Brendan's going into the aviation industry. All right. Why <laughs> you over there? Working on that. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, like you said, um, you know, undefeated since the podcast came out. It's our third episode, <laughs> so that's uh, it's a good sign. We'll definitely, definitely look to keep it going this weekend. So that's that's all we've got. Um, thanks for joining us as always. So. Thank you guys, doing a great job. The feedback I'm hearing is people love it, and I know it's uh, being circulated to what about five thousand people a week, which is. Uh, Pretty good for you guys and your uh, awesome. Your yeah. third go around here. Awesome to hear. Well done.